to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Pastor Jace uh, and Ben over the last few weeks have been taking us into the book of Ephesians and I want to jump in there this morning just to look at one intriguing verse there and then launch into my topic, the top 10 things that women should know about men. Ooh, these are my top 10 things. Uh, They won't be every man's top 10 things, but I will include all the guys in them just to make me have the strength and courage to launch these things out into the stratosphere. Uh, Scripture in Ephesians and the the last three chapters, uh, as we saw, is here for Jace's introduction to Ephesians, that Bible project video. And when you look at Ephesians as a whole, you discover the last three chapters have a huge focus on relationships. Our relationships within the church, Jace preached a few weeks ago about forbearing with one another in love, of caring for each other. And you see relationships there in families, in marriage, uh, relationships in the workplace, relationships across all the different areas that relationships uh, are found in our lives. But I love Ephesians 5.33. It's, it's a bit of an intriguing verse. Paul writes at the end of a whole raft of verses about husbands and wives, however, Each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. And Paul actually notes a bit of a difference here between men and women. It reflects uh, some of the words of Jesus where, where Jesus said, in the beginning God created them male and female. And there are obvious physical differences between men and women. But those differences flow into other areas of our makeup, into our mentality, into our emotions, into the way we look at life. And Paul kind of hints at this with this thought here that, guys, love your wife as you love yourself. Wives, respect your husband. And there's some intriguing things about the difference between men and women. So I want to go through my top 10 things of what I think women should discover and know about men and This will help you in your family, this will help you in the workplace, this will help you in your connect groups, this will help you across all your relationships. A few will be related specifically to marriage, but um, a bundle of them will relate not to marriage at all. Number one, we don't know what to do when you cry, ladies. (laughs) Guys are laughing already. I I found uh, that when I was uh, leading our staff that, that... Female staff members, I actually loved having female staff members because they worked so hard. They really do. I just found their productivity was just awesome. Nothing wrong with the guys, but the ladies just seemed to, I don't know, put in extra effort at various times. But I always found it um, interesting, is probably not the right word, when a female staff member in my office in a chat with me would start crying. And it was not with joy about how great a boss I was. They didn't even at times see to be an apparent reason for their crying. And I found this very awkward to handle because they're not my wife. I can't give them a hug and comfort them. So what I discovered was a magnificent technique that worked for me time and time again. It was through a box of tissues. And I found when a female staff member started crying in my office, I'd have a box of tissues handy and I would reach for the tissues and just offer them. And it seemed to work magic. The tissues would be removed from the box and utilized and everything. And I I learned the second best thing to do after offering the tissues is shut up. 
I have an affirmation of yes already on that. Just, just be quiet. Just, just offer the tissues and don't do anything else. Now, it's different in, in a marriage. Uh, when your wife starts crying, and, and of course, as a man, I, w- I want to fix the problem. I don't like my wife crying. I prefer her not to cry. I prefer to be laughing and, and happy. And, I, and I'll say to her, what's wrong? And she says sometimes, I don't know. That's deeply confusing to me. When I cry, and I don't cry that often, when I cry and you ask me, why are you crying? I can tell you the very reason why. But my wife, Diane, would say to me, I don't know why I'm crying. Uh, That's very hard to fix. And um, we've been going through a pretty difficult season uh, in our marriage. Uh, Diane has been unwell for five months. She has vertigo and all the complications and related symptoms of that have caused her to find it very difficult to come to church. She's been in church four times in the last five months. Uh, She has trouble driving. Uh, She has trouble in any crowded scenario, in a crowded cafe where there's a lot of noise and a lot of people in light. She doesn't cope with it. Um, So it's been a, been a, a fairly traumatic five months for her as she's had to uh, give up running her connect group, cancelling speaking at women's conferences around Australia, uh, kind of hibernating a, a lot. Uh, she's not here. You'll often see me at the moment in church without Diane. We're not having those sort of marriage problems, okay? Everything is fine in our marriage, but she can't cope with large groups or lighting and noise and, and, and so on. So over the, the last five months, so um, please do not come up to me and offer uh, healing symptoms for vertigo. We have done everything. We have done everything, and uh, currently we're getting a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel with a neurologist that dies under. But if you could please um, pray for Diane uh, through this time. So at various times in the last five months, I found Diane in tears just because of a level of frustration, of, of restriction upon her life. And, and, and now we've been married 41 years. I know exactly what to do. Those of you who are newly married guys, you're going to love this. This is awesome. Those of you who aren't married, this is really helpful. When your wife starts breaking down in tears, all you have to do is shut up and give her a hug. And, and there's a thing that, especially young guys, you have to learn is there is a thing called a non-sexual hug. Some young guys are going, really? Is that, is that a real thing? <laughs> yes, it is. I just, just give Di a hug, and, and sometimes the crying is so inappropriate in terms of timing. You're watching the football. The news is on. And, and Diane walks in crying. You go, oh, not now, really? I don't say that. I just think that, you know. Kind of, but I get up out of the chair, and I go, okay, you want a hug, honey? Yeah, always want a hug. I don't even try to ask what the problem is. It doesn't matter what the problem is. The tears are going to flow anyway. And you just have a hug, and, and then, you, then you can multitask. Because if you get the hug in the right place in the lounge room. <laughs> you have to control your reactions, but at least you can kind of multitask with watching the footy and still like giving your wife. Well, she says, so, ladies, please keep crying. But when a man looks at you like, I don't know, I have a clue what to do. Maybe even instruct him, pull out your own tissues. Or teach your husband how to hug you. Secondly, second point, we take sports seriously. Maybe. 
Men take something seriously. For some guys, it's sport. Other guys, it's gadgets. Other guys, it's, it's a hobby that they just love and that they're into. And we love it when women take that thing seriously too. When you have an interest in life and you start to share about that interest and that passion, and it, it, it doesn't have to be your wife, it could be your daughter, it could be your mom, it could be a work colleague, it can be someone in your connect group. When someone leans into that interest, guys just kind of light up. Uh, I started a new interest last year. I took up the guitar again. I'm looking to make a comeback. I haven't played guitar for about 30 years. And I think one of the ways to get younger is hang out with young people. So maybe in about three or four years, Jason will put me in the band with all the young crew. And, and I could even try wearing my pants a little bit above my shoes like a young person. But that would be too weird for me, let alone everybody else around here. But I thought, I just want to get back into music. I love music. And so I went out and bought a guitar and I've been playing it at home just for my own joy and pleasure and benefit. And I'm learning a, a new song at the moment. I'm a I'm not a bad guitarist. I'm kind of low intermediate, I would call myself. I'm not advanced. I'm not a beginner. I know what I'm doing on guitar. And I heard the song. I thought, I really like that song. I'm going to learn that song on my guitar. And so I'm up there in my, in my room, my study, and I got it on the web. And it's amazing what you can get off the internet and YouTube. It's phenomenal. And I'm learning. I'm picking. And, and Di walks past. And I say, honey, come and have a look at this song. Now, Di is not into the same sort of music that I am. But she came into the study. I played the song for her. And she said, oh, that's really nice. He said, yeah, I'm learning it. It's going to take me months to really master the whole picking of it and everything. But just the fact that she took the time to show interest in something that really she has no interest in at all, I just thought, I'm going to master this song. Just because my wife, just because a woman shows interest. The men in your world take something serious. Something is important to them. Something is deeply valuable to them and, and they'll, they'll proffer it out there to see what you do with it. And when you lean into it, it does something to a, a man that just makes him kind of stand up. When you knock it down, it makes him hide it. And you never want to have the men in your life hiding what is valuable. You want them out there so you can kind of boost it in them. Number three, we are not good at getting hints. In fact, we're useless at it, to be honest. Men work better if you tell them directly what you, what you want um, rather than, than hint at it. And there's a thing that goes on in our household every now and again. It happened yesterday, actually, which is really helpful when you're preaching on this topic. Didn't set it up, but it happened anyway. Di said, oh, look at the windows. They need a wash. Does anyone else have these conversations in their house and... I looked at the windows and, and sure enough, the jolly sun was coming through them, which is hopeless for making windows look clean when they're dirty. And the sun's coming through and I looked at him and said, yes, they do need a watch. And that was it. <laughs> you want me to wash them? Is that what you... Are you oh, I've worked Diana. She's hinting at me washing them. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, I should wash them. Did I wash them yesterday? No. And Diane will drop the occasional hint about the windows, but, but one thing will move me into action. She'll be on her phone, and I'll say, what are you, what are you doing? You're texting someone? She said, no, I'm Googling window washers. <laughs> and you know where I go? I go, window washer, money, money. She's going to pay someone to wash the stupid... W-. So I'll say to her, do you want all the windows washed? 
No, no, just where the sun comes in. Okay, I've got this. Tomorrow, day off tomorrow, guess what I'll be doing? Washing the very fewest of windows that I possibly can to keep my wife happy. So ladies, if you want a guy to do something, hints generally don't work. And when hints turn into nagging, they have the exact opposite effect. Diane is really good at learning how to just drop hints. And then when the hints don't work, she gets really nasty. She begins to pray. That is my wife's secret weapon to move me. And, and I will wake up tomorrow morning, I think, with a deep urge to wash windows that will be manufactured by the Holy Spirit to move me into a wonderful place of blessing and joy with my wife. Number four, we like cave time. Men like to retreat into their minds because sometimes there's not much in there and it's just very cozy and comfortable. I'm like this. I don't think every guy is like this, but I'm not a big verbal processor. Uh, some guys are, some guys aren't, but I'm not a big verbal processor. I tend to do a lot of internal thinking about things, and sometimes actually I'm just watching football. I'm not thinking about anything at that moment. But when I'm in my cave, I like to retreat into my cave. I like to kind of just hibernate. I, I don't want to talk, actually. I don't need to talk it out. I don't need to get it get it out. Di is really good at knowing when I'm in my cave and when just to back off and leave me alone. When's the right time to talk to me? When's the right time to pry and kind of poke and prod around and open me up? In fact, I find the place I talk the best is when I'm driving the car. When I'm driving the car with Diane, um, I'll sometimes leave important conversations for when we're driving somewhere. That's weird, isn't it? I don't know why that is, but it's part of the way I'm wired. And Diane's like this. We, we went out for um, dinner the other night. We really go out for dinner. But we went out for dinner. A friend invited us over for dinner, so we, we went out for the night. And as we're driving, got about a 25-30 minute drive, Diane says, well, tell me about this. I said, about what? Oh, about the people we're going to visit. Oh, okay, because I know more than her because I'm more involved in their world and their life, their pastors. And so I just began to talk. And I find it so easy to talk when I'm driving. Ladies, I encourage you, find out the place in your man's world where they like to talk. In the workplace, Find out the place where your boss, if he's a man, likes to talk. What's the environment? What's the situation that will open him up to that place of sharing what he needs to share with you, with your sons? Find out the place where they'll talk and where they'll open up. If you discover that place, it becomes a place of richness, becomes a place of phenomenal connections. Here's a couple here that are really strongly marriage-related, but uh, hopefully they'll be helpful to everyone who's single as well. Number five, we need mates, and we need you to have girlfriends. Blokes need blokes. Men need men. And one one of the strategies, uh, Cherry was so kind in her, her words about me, feel humble with all things you say about me and keep trying to live up to them all, but... I am strategic in a whole lot of ways in my life. And one of the strategies I've employed as a man is that 
I don't think Diane needs to hear everything that I want to talk about as a man. So over the years, I have developed strategies to build strong friendships. I have a very best friend, Rod Waters is his name. He's been a mate of mine. We went to high school together. We've known each other for 50 years. He's my very best friend. I would tell Rod all sorts of things about my life, and he does with me as well. I have other friends. I have friends in this church as well. In fact, I decided last year that I kind of need to build a a bit more of a couple of guys in our church. And so I started having meals of guys in our church. And then we did a really great dumb thing. We set up a group in Messenger just for us three blokes. And it's awesome. The rubbish we share with each other is absolutely awesome. It's blokes rubbish. Would I ever have Diane in that group? No, she wouldn't understand half the rubbish we go on with. It's mainly around footy. And we just have a lot of fun and banter with each other. I can have a bunch of guys that I have breakfast with every couple of months. And we hang out and they're all pastors or been involved in pastoring. And, and we just talk rubbish. If anyone gets serious, we start to worry. We just kind of talk bloke stuff. But you're, every now and again, you wend into someone's scenario and it's serious, like Diane's been sick and talking about that and what that has been for me and what that's been for our family. And you went into that as well. But men need blokes they can hang out with. And women need girlfriends. Every now and again, Di will go out, and especially through the season, it's been really helpful. She'll, she'll tell me, I'm, I'm going out for a coffee. I say, who with? And she'll tell me, it's a lady, it's a girlfriend. It's funny you saying girlfriend for our age group, but she's going out with another friend. And, and you know what I think? Yes. Because she can talk about stuff differently in the way that she talks to me about stuff. Because even though I've been married for 41 years, I don't fully get it all with my wife. I don't fully understand why and what and how that all works. And for her to have friends that she can talk to is so wonderful. I'm not keen on her having boyfriends. (laughs) You're going out with a bloke who looks like George Clooney. I'm not happy with that. But I want her to have friends and I want to have mates. Number six, we can be romantic, but we're worried we will do it wrong. There's a picture going around of the last couple of days of an AFL boundary umpire who proposed to his, uh, his girlfriend, who is an AFL field umpire, and he proposed to her in the middle of the MCG. There's a picture going around. It's all over social media and uh, he's down on one knee proposing to her and she's doing the ah sort of thing. And I don't think there was a big crowd there. I think it was done maybe before or after after a game. But it was kind of cute. Then I saw another, another AFL sports guy on Twitter said, if I did that with my girlfriend, she would kill me. Guys, we try um, to be romantic, but we're not always kind of aware of how to do it. So this is particularly for your marriage. Ladies, help us. Seriously, we need a lot of help to be romantic. Now, some of you guys are more romantically wired than others. Others of you cannot spell the word. 
Others of you struggle with the romantic. You know, we did romance when we got married. For the first six weeks, I was romantic. Isn't that enough to get you through these years and decades? (laughs) Guys, if your wife gives you any sort of hint in the next few days about romance, act on it immediately. Act on it because she may not give you many hints about it. But wives, help us out here. Help us learn to be more romantic than what we are. Because romance, after 41 years married, at my age, romance is still important. To be romantic with my wife, to buy her little gifts, to do little surprises, to do little things that just say to her, I love you. You're important. You're valuable to me. We need that help. Number seven. Our sexuality is different to yours. Nervous laughter. I remember years ago, um, Diane, I was actually stacking the dishwasher in, in the kitchen, and Diane said to me, just out of the blue, you want to know what turns me on? <laughs> well, since you ask, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't mind knowing that, actually. That'd be cool. She said, you know what really turns me on? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all ears. Tell me. She says, when you stack the dishwasher and when it's finished, you unstack it. So it's not my body. I thought it might be when I bend over into the dishwasher, it might be, you know, that, you know. Uh. She said, no, it's not your body. So when I get out of the shower and, no, no. Nah. Erin, are you here this morning? Oh, she's life kid. she's been spared, this, these pictures. I said, really, stacking the dishwasher and unloading it when it's finished? Really? Yeah. So the next day I went down to Harvey Norman and bought four dishwashers. (laughs) One on top of the stairs, one in the hallway, one in the garage. So as the door opened and Di's driving in, I'm there stacking the dishwasher. She's coming into the garage, honey. I'm just stacking the dishwasher. Really, the dishwasher. If you're not married yet, trust me, you are wired, guys, completely different to your wife. Male and female are different in this whole area. And it's, it's vital to understand that, that what, what attracts a man sexually is quite often different. Now, I know I'm doing broad brush generalizations here but it's important in marriage it's important actually as a human being to know how we're wired sexually and what impacts us and what shifts us when I um, go walking I like walking along down the beach and walk down there and and people are there in various states of (laughs) leisure gear active wear and some young ladies walk past who are dressed a certain way that 
I have two thoughts in my mind. They're not what you're thinking they are. They, I have two thoughts in my mind. That you don't even understand how men think when they see a woman dressed that way or you actually do understand and you want attention. It's important to work out, I think, our sexual wiring and, and for men to understand their wives, but also for women to understand and have those conversations to have that connection uh, around that area. And, and though I joked about it previously, one of the big shifts in our marriage was when I discovered the non-sexual hug. It's quite remarkable. When I was a lot younger and, and um, wanting to hug my wife, I find that my arm would be very weak and wanting to, it just would naturally fall to the ground and not quite reach the ground and Diane would say stop it I go what she said I just want a hug oh really I would like more no this is a non-sexual hug if Diane was here I would demonstrate it to you Ryan um no 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 I'm, I'm good I'm good I think you get the picture guys try this at home Non-sexual hugging. Number eight, we often feel inadequate, insecure, and uncertain. Often. We might at times put on a brave face, times we might have bravado, but we need you to pray for us. We need you to forgive us. We need you to not remind us of our mistakes, but put them behind us. Put them behind you. It means a lot to a man when a woman says, it's okay. I'm not talking about horrendous areas of abuse that go on. But I'm talking about the mistakes and failures that men will make. They're not life-changing, but they're mistakes and failures that will make us men. And men feel more inadequate and uncertain and unsure than what you think they are. And they need love and forgiveness. And it's important to remember, we've already got one mother. We didn't need a second one. One mum will do, but we need forgiveness and care. Number nine, we care about how we look, but only sometimes. <laughs> this may shock you, but when I got out of bed this morning and got dressed, I did not put these clothes on. I got my daggy, sort of tracky pants, my Ugg boots got the holy t-shirt and that's not a special t-shirt anointed with oil by Pastor Jason, that is a t-shirt with holes in it. I love wearing clothes that are 10 or more years old. I have a t-shirt at home that is 16 years old I bought in Chicago. It's never getting thrown out and if I see it ever in Diane's hands other than coming off the washing area and her heading towards the door, towards the bin with it, holy hell will break out in the household. There are clothes I love to wear that are so comfortable. And Diane says to me, are you sure you want to keep wearing that? And I say, I love this T-shirt, but it's got holes in it. I know it's wonderful, isn't it? We do care about how we look, but only sometimes. Diane will say to me regularly, you need to buy more shirts. I say, really? Do I have to? Yes, people will look at you when you're on a platform. Go down and buy some more shirts. I never have to encourage Diane to buy shoes. <laughs> never. I walk into the wardrobe sometimes and say, do you wear all these? Yes. Stop looking at them. Number 10. 
We crave your respect more than anything. What a man wants is never in any public setting to be belittled. In any public setting, don't belittle a man. Don't mock a man. If you have something to say to a man that is an area of correction, something that needs to shift in his world, say it privately. Never say it. And especially, especially, never say it in front of other men. Never put down the men in your world in front of another man. Always boost them. Always lift them. And I know in Australia we love to tease one another and we love to kind of have goes at each other and you, you know you're a real, real friend when, hey, this bloke's a real idiot. You know you're a real mate. It's back in here, Peter Jackson's laugh. That is glorious. Peter and I have been friends for 40 plus years and we'll carry on with each other like good friends do. But ladies, if I can tell you one thing about a man and that scripture in Ephesians 5.33, it says to the wives, but I think it's broader than that, respect your husbands. And to respect a man in a public place, to honour a man in a public place, I felt deeply humbled by Cherry's such wonderful words about me. But there's another part of me that just felt, wow, to have a woman that I love and respect and honour in so many ways, appreciate in so many ways my good friend Cherry, to have her say that in a public setting, I feel like a million dollars. When a woman says the sort of things that Cherry said, when a woman lifts you up, in a public setting, it does something to the ego of a man. And men have got egos, appreciate it, love it, care for that ego, look after that ego. And like Jesus said, in the beginning, God created male and female. And I thank God that he created two genders. I thank God that he created so much difference between us because it does reflect the difference in the Godhead. It reflects the very nature of God. If you're here this morning and you're just starting out on a journey of faith, can I recommend to you Jesus Christ? Because Jesus will help you walk in a way with not only women but with men in a way that will honour him and honour the friendships and the relationships you have and honour the life you want to lead. Let me pray for you today. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the difference between men and women. I thank you that today we've laughed a bit, we've thought a bit. Lord, hopefully we've gotten just a little bit wiser. And I ask, Lord, as we live our lives this week, that we'll be mindful of those differences. That as men, we'll walk in the knowledge of who we are and also as women we walk in the knowledge of who men are and that in our relationships that there will be love will be as Jay shared a few weeks ago forbearance there'll be grace and there'll be honor praying also Jesus for people who are starting out on a walk of faith that you will help them Lord connect with the God who created male and female, the God who made each of us unique in your image. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, church. 
Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.